That's right, everybody. It's that time of the week again, bitch. That's right. It's another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your trash-talking host, Christy Miller. I almost forgot my name for a second there. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. I just got home on the road at 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, with me this week, you guys, is a very special fr- friend of mine. She's a dear friend. And I'm going to just say she's one of the true advocates for females in mm-hmm. comedy. You know, and, and we're going to talk about all this. Because, and should, I'm going to explain why I say that about this woman. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's smart. She's supportive. She's also the CEO of Hard Headed Comedy. And she produces shows all over, like, the Westchester area, you know, all that area. And oh, anyone that will have her, basically. <laughs> Anyway, I love her. Give it up for Luz Michelle, darlings. Ooh, thank you. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Thank you. No, thanks for coming on, girl. Of course. Of you, know, course. you know I love you to death. Same and, here. You know, you're just... And when I say a true advocate for females in the comedy world, because women are not nice to other women in this industry. Men, and I always try to explain this to people, and I always say, you know, men are nicer to women mm-hmm. than women are to women, because <laughs> men have penises sure. and women have vaginas. And a man always thinks that that one little shot to get that penis inside that vagina so he's going to treat her a little better than the other women. And the other women in comics, especially the insecure ones, they have to be the pretty one. They have to be the funniest one in the room. They have to be the only girl in the lineup because they can't handle other females because they want to be the chick and that's cool. And it's like... You know, I don't give a fuck if you have a vagina, a penis, both. <laughs> I don't care what your pronoun is. If you're a dolphin, if you identify as a litter box. I don't fucking care. Just be funny. Be funny. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. And, funny. you know, I see you on the socials and mm-hmm. stuff and how you run your business and how you run shows. And you really really support females like you share all of our content and when you share like me I'm speaking personal you guys I'm speaking totally <laughs> on the personal all about me you know obsessed for Chrissy obsession <laughs> no but I see it from the heart like when you share like my clips or mm. where I'm going or what I'm doing it just it, it makes me feel so good and it's oh, so kind and it really that. means a lot to me and I just want you to know that because you do it for everybody you know, know, you're just you're just that girl's girl. Like, if you want to look up girl's girl in the dictionary, <laughs> it's Louise Michelle. <laughs> I appreciate that because I do. I do my best to support women. Yeah. You know, I do my best to produce shows where it's four women on the lineup and one man, right? And yeah. not just you're making a quota. Yeah. Right? You're making the room feel comfortable. Don't worry. There's a woman. No, yeah. this is, we have four women. Yeah. And the host is a woman. Yeah. And, <laughs> but you don't just book us just because we're women. No. You also book like, this bitch is funny. Mm-hmm. This dude is hilarious. Like, you're like, nobody cares. Be funny. And that's what we need to get to. Because all these years, like, I did a show in uh, West Hartford last night. It was Mm. phenomenal. And the host and the guy that promoted it and booked the room was, he was a dude. And he had all women. But there was one Mm. guy that did a guest spot. And... (laughs) Um, I love men. Yeah, I do too, but <laughs> ones that are funny, okay? Don't be not funny on I'm the lineup if they have a penis. Do not do that. Don't, or a vagina or a dolphin mm. down there. I don't give a fuck. Just be funny, you know? But it was like the room was phenomenal. He packed mm. it out. The crowds were phenomenal. But it was just like, you know, there are all chicks on the lineup, and he did it on purpose. And I'm like, stop checkboxing. Mm. 
are these bitches funny? Then mm. put them on mm -hmm. the lineup just because they're funny. He goes, well, they fit the description of the show. It was, a, it was their NC-17 series. So okay. it was, it was get the, as, a, as a, you know, R-rated or NC-17 show. Like, it's going to be crazy. And it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. The crowd was wild and That's fun. That's great. I love when the crowd is ready and they came out for yeah. comedy. And the brilliant right. thing about that, his name's Mo Green. He books the Elbow Room in mm. West Hartford. He's a great dude. He's a homie. I, I met him years ago at Yonkers Comedy Club when I did a show there. And he's phenomenal. And I just love him to pieces. And, and super funny. But he, he goes, yeah, I do these like once a month NC-17 series. And it kind of puts that, that, that precedent out there that shit's going to get crazy. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of helps. Like when I do shows, I always tell them, put a not safe, you know, NSFW on there mm -hmm. or put an NC-17, put a disclaimer on there. Because to me, it sets that mindset 100%. for the audience, that subconscious thing that okay, we're going to see some crazy, dark shit. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you, you are. Know, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. and also when you're in a comedy club versus like a like a, an event space or if you do bar shows or if you do whatever the fuck rooms, you know, if you set a precedence, people, it's a subconscious thing. When they walk into an actual comedy club, because we broadcast here from Comic Strip Live in New York City, one of my favorite clubs. And it's, when you come here, you're in that comedy club mindset. You know there's going to be comics telling jokes. Mm -hmm. But if it's at another venue, it kind of makes it harder because it's like a, it's a, do you understand you what do, I'm saying? 100%. That subconscious thing it's that people, yes. when you walk into a place, a subconscious thing connects in your head and you automatically have an assumption or a stance or a posture or, uh, or, sure. or feel some type of way about it, positive or negative, you know? It does. How do you, I know, because you do things in like jazz clubs. Mm. I did a show for you at a jazz mm. club up in... Uh, she was phenomenal. Uh, uh, what was it, White Plains? Yeah, no, we were in... What uh, was that? I forgot. Point Pleasant. No, Point Pleasant. I'm thrown in Jersey. Mount Kisco. Mount Kisco, that's we Mount right. Kisco. We were in Mount Kisco. It's this gorgeous jazz club. And Lou's put on a hell of a show that night. It was night. a great show. Sold out show. Yeah. Sold out. They loved it. You know, because there's nothing up there. Mm -hmm. And so when yeah, you play... Yeah, that's so, what's the point. Exactly. Yeah. We need more entertainment yeah. up in Westchester. So do you find doing <laughs> stuff in Westchester County and all that around that area, like jazz clubs or music venues or whatever, do you find it's harder to get people in? Even though it's a, it's a desert, Good a question. comedy desert? Good question. It all depends. That's okay. what I'm learning. It all depends on if there's a holiday coming up. It True. depends on the season. Yep. And what type of show is it? Yeah. Like where I am, the biggest ticket sales are moms. The biggest ticket sales are moms who want to go out with their friends in groups of like six to 15 of them. I love that. <laughs> Mom's day out. Mom's yeah. day every day. <laughs> Kids are in the trunk. <laughs> Next to the box wine. Sometimes we have to. <laughs> hey, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, you know? But I do believe that there is more of a demand for stand-up in Westchester because I go to places that either just have music mm -hmm. or they'll have an author coming in to sign a book, and I'm like, what about stand-up comedy? Yeah. You know, like, people want to laugh, especially now. It's so important. It's so, so important because we forget. I know I do. I can be so serious and I forget. And then I'll see you. I'll be here. And I'm like, oh, right. There's fun in what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have funny without fun. Yeah, so. true. Very or true. F you. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> it all goes together. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
<laughs> Gotta have a rim shot in I there. I love that. Hey, did somebody say rim job? <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Sorry, kid. Her daughter's here. It's okay. She she's heard old? it all. She's nine. She's nine? Oh, she's heard everything. Yes. Nine going on 19, so yes. we're good. <laughs> Atta girl. Give your mother a heart attack anytime you can. Oh, we did this morning. Thank you. Come <laughs> You're like, oh, is it too late for an abortion? Oh, it's so too late. It's so too late. No, I do. I love her. I'm going to no, keep her. You're gonna I'm keep gonna her for now. Keep her, yeah, for now. yeah. Catch me in two months, right? <laughs> so, when did you start doing stand up? Ooh, child, thirteen years next month. Wow, congratulations! Thank you. Oh, we always 13. have the same birthday. Oh, what you? I'm December 1995, so I'll be 28 next month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Grandma over here. <laughs> <laughs> fetus sitting over here. You're so phenomenal. You, oh, true, you are. It. You're a true fucking rock star. You really you. are. When you said yes, when I asked you for that show that day, I was so damn happy. Because I did. I was like, I want to see her like live in action. I remember when I first met you. She's not going to remember. <laughs> we were because I've fucking Alzheimer's. <laughs> that's why. Because I'm ninety. <laughs> we were by the Grizzly Pear, uh-huh. the older one yeah. by um, on what's the called? Yes. And you were standing outside, and I was walking with Oscar. I was going to Oscar Aiden. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm, he's like, hey! And I'm like, is he is he going to say hello to Chrissy? <laughs> and then he did. Aww. And I was like, oh, Luz Michelle, you don't know me. I love you. I'm a big fan. I love Aww. your badass energy. Just... Yeah, because you too. You know, I actually do remember that night. I hope you do. I do. anything with Oscar in it, I remember. And it's just scarred <laughs> in my brain like a bad acid flashback. And I feel like I'm in Vietnam when I see her. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar's already done the show, so they know her. <laughs> so good. So damn good. But I feel like you do too. You open a lot of doors for women. You know what? You I do. just, I, I'm a comedy fanatic. And my followers know and people that listen to this show. Because that's why I do this show. Because I I love talking shop. Mm. I, at 28 years in, I love it more now than when I started. And I thought that would be impossible. 100%. But like, you know, you get like last night, there was a lot of new jacks or some, mm. there were some uh, mass up, you know, Western mass comics there that were on the lineup. Like there was only four of us, you know, including the host. But, uh, mm. You know, it was, there was a girl from Western Mass from Worcester. She's from Worcester. <laughs> and she had glitter lipstick on. She's from oh, Worcester. I love glitter lipstick. Wicked smart from Worcester. No, she was great. She was phenomenal. <laughs> I loved her. You know, but you could, I can see, I'm like, oh, she's probably about seven, eight years in. Because I'm, I'm like a fucking Coney Island circus act. I can watch I you. I love Coney Island. Right, who doesn't? <laughs> People that live in Coney Island. Anyway. <laughs> My husband was born and raised, so yeah. Yeah, that's why he's in Westchester. That's why we're in Westchester. That's just, uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, it was, but I just love funny people. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Make me laugh. And For I'm, sure. and usually comics, like, uh, Wally Collins was on the show a couple weeks ago. Oh, we love Wally. I love him. He's so delicious and fucking hilarious. But we were talking about how comics laugh at other comics, mm. that they don't laugh. They watch and they go, oh, fuck, that's hilarious. Dude, that's, oh my God, that's a good joke. Good joke. Like we, we commentate, like we're commentators mm. off to the side. But I actually will say that, but I will laugh because I like to put, I love listening to the rhythm. Like I listen mm. to it like a composer, mm-hmm. like how the rhythm goes with the verse and the song and the bridge and the chorus. I listen to the rhythm and how it's set up. And I get into that, how people break down joke writing mm-hmm. and how they deliver that joke. I love 
people's patterns and their rhythm and how they hear it. I, just, I love that. Like, yeah. I'm into the, all that shit. Because it is and a science, I feel is, like. There's yeah, a science it's, behind it. It's, yeah, it, it's a science, but it's also, it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a... There, there's a formula to it. There's a basic yes. comedy formula, but there's also your point of view. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's very organic. And, you know, it's uh, the more you up there, the more it flows and sounds natural. People ask me how you sound like you're just talking and making shit up. And I'm like, dude, I have hours written, yeah. but I don't write word for word, mm-hmm. you know? So you're 13 years in, how do you, like, what is your writing style? Like, how do you... Oh, how, <laughs> <laughs> right there. Oh, I feel like it took me a good decade to have a positive relationship with getting my material together. You know what? Honestly, can I just tell you, you're right on time. Mm. Because like I've had people come to me for coaching or break Mm. it down and having, Christy, I'm having this, nothing's working, nothing's this. All of a sudden, nothing, everything just stopped working and I don't know what's going on. I feel disconnected. I go, what are you like, five, six years in? They're like, yeah. (laughs) Baby's first growing things. Because I go, so this is how I break it down and this will make you, this will put it all in perspective for you I break comedy down like our cop because we basically give birth to a persona mm. or a character right so when you give birth so your first year that, that kid's only a year old what do kids say at a year old ass you know or something you know it's like one word they're barely standing up they're holding onto the table it's a lot of gibberish silly things make them laugh and then they turn five Mm. Kids get a, start getting a conscience around oh, five. Yeah. You know, they start, they're more aware of their mm-hmm. surroundings. They, they kind of have an idea that they're, oh, they're a person now. They're a functioning person. They're kind of independent. They can get their own toys. So now you're a five-year-old kid. That zero to one to two and three-year-old is baby talk. I'm a big girl now. I don't have to talk like that anymore. It's all true. Yeah, so <laughs> all that gibberish doesn't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. So either you've got to revamp it to your five-year-old self or you gotta scratch it and keep writing. And you gotta get it, then it lasts from five to six or five to seven, depending on how much you're writing or how much you're getting on stage. It's an average, everybody's different. And then once you cross that line, you kind of, okay, okay, that works now, that doesn't work, so I got rid of it and I changed this a little bit, I updated it, whatever. Then at 10 years old, you're like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. I think I know who I am on stage. What do 10-year-olds, they have a conscience, they're independent, they ride their bikes too, they can walk themselves to school and back. They're latchkey kids when we, Gen X, oh, hello. latchkey. Right, remember latchkey? It was so fun. It was. Mom wasn't home. That's the thing, I didn't want to go home yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can let myself in later, you know? I got the key, I got it. Yeah, got don't it, worry I got about it. it. I got it, you know? But then you're 10 years old, so you're at that point like, okay, now I know what my direction is, what my view is, what my focal point is and how I want to direct and what the things I want to say are. So that zero to 10 kind of gets either scratched or you revamp it and rewrite it and update it and change it to a 10 year old's perspective. Then from 10 to 20 is when the writing really starts. From 10 to 20 is when you really start writing for that voice you spent 10 years developing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're, you're, like I said, you're right on time. Thank you. Because I did, I got like, I guess you'll say like a little nervous, like in the first 10 years where I was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Why is my note taking? Like I was hugely addicted to sticky notes. Sure. All over. Yeah. And But it wasn't helping, but it was helping. Right. And then what I learned is probably this year I was like, oh, 
I had to figure out who I was mm-hmm. in order to actually take notes in yeah. a way that's going to get me to what's next. Exactly. Yeah. And the sticky notes were great because they were thoughts, they exactly. were feelings, they were expressions. So you're putting them all over the place. And then all of a sudden you look at them as a whole, like mm-hmm. it's a map mm-hmm. of the United States. And you're like, oh, I'm all 50 states. Yeah. <laughs> at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I love those little sounds. I know, too. they're so fun. <laughs> That's so stupid. Um, but no, you're right on time. So um, being 13 years in, mm-hmm. then you got into producing shows and getting that together. So with you and your writing style, and you kind of figured it out, now what does work for you now after all of that and having mm-hmm. all this experience under your belt? What works for me now is true confidence. And I can say that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. That was always my biggest struggle. It wasn't the confidence about getting on stage. I can get on stage, but it was the confidence within myself to be myself, right? You always hear that, just go on stage and be yourself. Yeah, that took me like 11 years. Yeah, it does. You know, it really took a journey. Listening, listen to what she's saying, because this is so dead on dead ass on so yeah it was i had to really learn like who i was so now it's like even friday night i had a phenomenal show with alice chan we had a sold out show on the upper west side and i was able to take material that i've been doing for 13 years Mm -hmm. and edit it in such a way that for me it was just freedom it was freedom of my own speech right my story yeah right there was no more are they gonna like it does it make sense like it was like no this is my story Mm -hmm. and you're gonna relate because i'm telling you my story and you're gonna express it with with confidence and a strong sense of self that it is relatable And that is such a huge factor that if you're confident with who you are and your point of view, when you commit, like I always tell people, commit, commit, commit a hundred thousand percent to what you say and what you believe. It could be wrong. It could be stupid, but commit to that. Commit to whatever you're selling, because even if it's silly and it doesn't make sense and you made it up, they're going to go with you because you're there. Exactly. And finding that confidence is such a key thing. And I'm so glad you said that. Because Appreciate that's it. really an important factor yeah. with young with young jacks today. And I thought I had it. Of course you, know, you did. Like oh, I yeah. had this like, oh, I got it. We're good. And then you know. You know in that split second, oh, man, I don't got there it. There it is. No, <laughs> listen, I, I moved here in 2005 because I was working with Paul Mooney, right, mm. at Caroline. So... I was 10 years in when mm. I moved in here. I thought I was the shit, you know? <laughs> and I was cleaning out old like trunks and stuff and, and mm. I found old DVDs from back then. I'm like, I wanna watch this. Maybe there's some gems on there that I forgot about. I couldn't watch, it was so bad. Oh God, I don't like that. <laughs> and I thought I was so great, but then I was like, wait a minute, that's a 10 year old kid's confidence. Mm-hmm. 10 year old kids aren't afraid of anything because they haven't experienced any pain. They haven't experienced any life struggles. You know, we haven't sure. lived. So we're not scared of anything because it's the uh, uh, everything is the unknown. So we don't know to be afraid of it. So at 10 years in, you're like, I got this. And then, and then when you hit 20 years in, you're like, wow. Mm. When I hit 20, I was like, ooh, this is great. Like, wow, I feel. And now I'm at 28 next month. And I'm like looking forward to 30 because at 30, 
because I feel like I hit another stride these last couple of years. Mm. Again, like coming out of COVID, I felt like in COVID, I peeled more layers off because I got yes. to sit in lockdown, write, do Zoom shows, but really sit with myself, mm-hmm. my older self, not my younger self. Because I did that when I was younger, like when I was five, six, seven, eight years in, 10 years in, I would literally sit by myself in my apartment and just sit quiet, no TV, mm. no phone, nothing. And I would sit quiet and see how comfortable I can be in my own skin. It was a, it was a, it was an exercise I would do for me to be comfortable in my own skin. Like, do I need external activation Mm -hmm. all the time to keep me occupied, to distract me from being alone or being in my thoughts? No, I would meditate and just sit quiet. I wouldn't even like focus on anything. I would just sit open and just sit there. And it really helped me with stand up because I got comfortable being by myself Mm. in my own skin, hanging out by myself with myself and not having to worry about is my phone, is the music on, is the TV on, am I reading a book or any distraction. I got to just be and it really helped my comedy go way up. And then now at 28, you know, and then coming out of COVID, I got to do it again. So then I found these more layers oh, and more so layers. And I was turn. like, I came out of COVID like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no, and then there was did. nobody there. You know? <laughs> but I felt myself. <laughs> I was alone and powerful. Yeah. And, uh, and now it's like, it's just been like a rocket ship since. And now I'm like two years from 30. Like 30 years I always saw as everything you say will be mm. funny. Everything you say will you could just tell a story, but it, you've done all the work and all the 10,000 hours, you know, 30,000 hours. And so everything you talk about becomes a bit because you've totally exercised that muscle and it's phenomenal. So with your confidence and you said you revamped all your um, material from the other night. Yeah. Just these little changes, you know, not like this huge edit, but just adding in more of who I am. Yeah, trusting yourself. Exactly. Trusting your gut. Exactly, because I almost was so nervous to open one door. Mm-hmm. Of course. And it was, I was more nervous to open the door myself than it was to saying something out loud. Are we okay? Is it not recording? Yes, it is. Because this is not moving. Because I always follow the time. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Recording. So, back to yes. inserting bits of you. So, so let's start that part over, and then I'm gonna okay. cut it. So, at, at being 13 years in and doing all that writing and all that growing, what what has changed with your writing? Like, what what did you find different with that confidence now? Mm. Like, how did you apply that? My thoughts don't race as much while I'm putting the paper to pen, pen to paper. I feel like a lot of times due to the lack of confidence while I was writing, I was doubting. Whereas now I'm writing and exactly what I'm thinking, I'm seeing it and I'm able to put less words. Good. Right. I used to do that too. I got to write down every word or it's not going to be said or it's right. going to be wrong. And, <laughs> God, the mind madness. And now it's like, no, I know if it's about the kitchen, all I got to put is kitchen. I don't have to put every single word of why what happened is funny and all just like that. Mishigash. That's what I have a lot less of in my mind and Fan in my notes. Fucking fantastic. And that's what you have to have. Mm-hmm. Like I can't write, like I used to be envious starting out of comics. I could write every fucking word down like mm. a book and then memorize it and then go on stage and do it. 
And for right now, I'm just like, I, I could never do that because my mind goes too fast and I'm always going to the next yeah. thing. And you know, Very me, fast. my jokes are like punch, 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 punch. And it's rants and it's roasting and it's talking shit about myself, you know, but it's yeah. like constant bam, brr, bam, bam. It's not like, brr, like a storytelling. I'm not a storyteller. Mm. I used to be so jealous of those guys that could tell stories. Yeah, I just so got into jealous. that. And yeah. my mind doesn't work that way because mm -hmm. I'm always trying to get to the punchline. My brain wants the funny. It mm -hmm. wants the funny. And, and, and then the more I did that, I just trusted my gut and I would just let anything out that came out. That's when I found my voice that was years ago and I just trusted it ever since. So now, and what worked for me was writing outlines. Mm. Like I'd write the subject matter, like uh, like Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I would do like bullet points, like bullet points. one, Andrew yep. Cuomo, and then I'd do, um, you know, the lockdown, the sexual allegations, the nursing homes, the nipple piercings, you know, and Catherine Hochul and all this shit. And I Those have, nipple piercings did catch me. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It fucks everybody up when I do it. I, it fucks people up. I've, I have sent more people to Google, <laughs> Google search. <laughs> with my act than any other comic. Are you, I think I'm a little bit turned on. <laughs> What's know. going on here? <laughs> I know, like, daddy's wife. Oh, yeah. I remember, because it was like, it was like April, May, and it was getting warmer out during yeah, the lockdown. Yeah, and yeah. had that polo, polo shirt. shirt. With the Albany logo with the All pop collar. Remember. Oh yeah, the pop collar. <laughs> and there's like these barbell nipples yeah, here. Yeah, the barbell. Out. They're like, hey, what happened? <laughs> Everyone saw her, we were like, Wait a minute, hold on. Go back to channel seven. Right? And I'm like freezing it, like pausing it. I'm like, his nipples are going, you lift bro? How much you bench bro? You know, they so were fucking Jersey Shore boys at the World true. Gym. <laughs> but I was mesmerized by those things. What? You couldn't, you couldn't look away once you saw it. I couldn't listen to his voice. I didn't even care if he spoke Swahili at that point. I was just thinking in lockdown, sitting in my room with my yeah. legs in the air. Touching myself, going, oh, that's where I can hang my mask when I'm blowing them. Exactly. <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. I get it. Click. Hold this. <laughs> it changed us. It uh, changed us. It changed my whole. It changed my whole outlook on governors and polo shirts. <laughs> you can't judge. Big Don't Daddy judge. Cuomo. <laughs> you can hear all that bit on my album, Brutally Yours, on Spotify, <gasps> iTunes, Apple love Music, that. Amazon, wherever, ever. I can't even talk anymore. That's I love cheap. that little tag. Now. Right. That's like my, my total tag. My I do a show and I'm like, oh, what's your album called? Brutally Yours on Spotify, Apple Music, <laughs> Amazon Music, Tidal, everywhere you stream your music. And then people just die. Like, I'm the walking subliminal plug. Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> nah, it's stupid great. and funny. I love it. And you're hustling. You take yeah. advantage of Every the moment. Day I'm hustling. What time is it, baby girl? Because our clocks are fucked up. Because oh, they are. Okay. Our clocks are set in 1983 right now because everything's fucked up. <laughs> And look, we're still laughing. Uh-huh, because right. that's who we are. Oh, perfection. Perfection. So I hate to wrap this up early, but we have, uh, we've been double booked here at the comic strip. So I'm kind enough to wrap it up early because I'm so that nice. bitch. And because I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> Everyone loves a kind bitch now, right? right? Do they though? They do, you have really? to, right? She's a bitch. ones that get everything. I don't know. I don't know, you gotta have some kindness. All right. All right, so I always love to wrap up the podcast <laughs> with two 
questions. And I love these questions because these are things that no one ever asks comics when they're on the show. And it's and I'm always curious because I like crazy I like offbeat and shit. That's so my first question is that I always ask, is there a comic that has written a bit that you saw and it made you go, God damn it, that's brilliant. I wish I had written that. It's actually a line from Jessica Curson. Oh, everything Jessica says is hilarious. I'm obsessed with her. Right? She says this one line more often than not when the audience is clapping mm -hmm. like she said you can clap as much as you want it's never going to fill the void yes <laughs> the first time i heard her say that i was like oh my god that's so fucking brilliant yes yes, yes. no matter what no matter what i achieve i still will find but a the, way to be unsatisfied yeah i looked i've, I've heard her say that a million times i just yeah. look at her and go she sees me yeah, yeah. <laughs> i also love whenever she turns around and she turns and, she's her, and, her, and when she turns around in her inside voice, oh you know you shouldn't eat that bag of yes, Doritos. Yes, yes, are not the points. And she just put, oh, I Jessica. Love it. Jessica, I love you. Come love, to the podcast, bitch. Love, love her. To. I know. She's so fucking great. She's got a new, look at me promoting her. She's got a new, <laughs> She. I actually wanted to do this. And I was talking to the record company that I have because I have a four record deal. I have to write my mm -hmm. second album. You know, because, you know, my first one. Totally <laughs> 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 Um, yeah. I wanted to do a whole show of crowd work mm -hmm. because I'm really oh, good, you know, because okay, yeah. mine's all off the cuff and so is hers because mm -hmm. she's brilliant. And she just put her special out, Stand. full crowd work. And I'm like, God damn it. Damn it. And I just, th I, whenever that happens, I always think great minds think alike. At least I tell myself that. <laughs> it's I just true. want to be a part of the cool kids, please. I just want to be friends. I just, well, well, Jessica, will you ever love me? Because, you know, I love you. No, we've been I'm coming too. <laughs> right? So, um, and then last but not least, and especially because I'm an old school head, and when we're sitting around the green room and shit with other comics, we always try to make each other laugh with stupid street jokes. And Paul Mooney used to close his sets every night with street jokes, but he would Mooneyize them. You know, put this Mooney twist to them and destroy the place. So I always like to ask, what is your go-to street joke? Oh my God, okay. Cover your ears. I've been telling this street joke since 1996 or seven, something like that. So mm -hmm. it is, there was a woman on the beach Mm -hmm. She had no arms and she had no legs and she was crying. So this guy walked by and he's like, what's the matter? Why are you crying? She's like, I've never been hugged before. So he bends down, he hugs her really tight. He goes, there you go, now you've been hugged. So it's walking away. She's crying with like, what's the matter? She's like, I've never been kissed before. So he kisses her, he embraces her. Leaves her alone, starts to walk away. She's still crying. He's like, what's the matter? She's like, I've never been fucked before. So he picks her up, he throws her in the fucking ocean. He goes, now you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh, no, joke. Such, I remember that joke. It is it's old. A great joke. It's so old. It's I so love great. it. I love it. And I love you. Thank Tell you, everybody Ditto. where they can find you oh. and what are your next shows. Yeah, so you can find me at, at Lose Michelle Inc. That's INC on Instagram and Facebook. And the next show I have coming up is actually in Midtown. It's going to be a cannabis and comedy show. Look at you. Yes, and it is on December 8th at 7 o'clock. Where? Where is it? It's a new spot at, it's called, ooh, don't quote me, I'm sorry. It's like called Weed Opt. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll just, we'll just follow her at Lose Michelle. You'll see the flyer. We'll see all the information. <laughs> 
And also, don't forget to follow us here at Old School New School Comedy on Instagram. And uh, you can follow me at Christy Miller Comedy also. And uh, if you love the show, please follow us. If you hated me, I'm Kathy Griffin. <gasps> no. And, <laughs> and don't forget, please, to hit that like button, that subscribe button, and share the show. Sharing is caring. Right. We love you.